Tonight on Broadcast Now, we have a special guest, Joe DeMax, owner and CEO of CentralControl.io. If you're looking for a good way to control your workflow in video production, you don't want to miss this show. Also, we've got some special news coming out of NAB, hot off the presses this week when Broadcast Now starts now. Well, guys, welcome to another edition of Broadcast Now. We think you guys are going to have an awesome time tonight, as well as find some useful tools, as you heard in the teaser. We've got with us Mr. Marty McPadden from Podjam.tv. Welcome, sir. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than you were just a few minutes ago, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's like an inside joke, folks. We're not going to reveal that. No, so. that's we're, we're having a little fun in pre-show yeah, getting things fun. ready. A little fun pre-show. Uh, we've also got with us the man, the myth, and the mystery, Mr. Greg Terry. Welcome. 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 Yeah, we were having a lot of fun prior to going online and prepping, and it's going to be awesome. I'm not sure Joe hung around Oh, there's... after the chaos we are, but <laughs> I will say this to you. I've got a theme song tonight, and it's called We Are Family. Let's go. <laughs> yes, as as he said, we have uh, a gentleman that's been a longtime fan of the show. He's watched this show religiously growing up, became a, uh, an adult, and he had to adult. And now he has his own company, Central Control, Mr. Joe DeMax. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's been like nine years, and I turned up to the pre-show, which we won't say what happened, but I, I honestly thought the show had seriously changed format. <laughs> I've been assured that normal service shall be resumed momentarily. It's, Thank you. It's, it's, all, <laughs> it's all good here. So uh, I guess what we should do first, and we see some of the folks here in the chat room. Greg, well, actually, let's shift gears here. Greg, Welcome everybody in the chat room. I'll pull some comments yeah, see, up and then we'll get I to see some John news. Preto checking in there on Facebook. So a big hello to John there and um, Chris Carpenter. He's going, hello. It's been a while. So nice to see you as well. And um, I'm flipping over to Steven to the tech buzz YouTube now. Um, and I will pull those up. Oh, there you go. Cryotech is up in the house. Love having cryotech in the house. Um, but most importantly, Joe DeMax, everything's going to be okay. We had a little bit of uh, pre-show fun. It gets you prepped. It gets your juices flowing and gets the blood flowing so we can have a great time interacting. 
And uh, tonight's just going to be awesome. I am pumped about the things we're going to be talking about with Joe and ourselves. Absolutely. And so before, um, if you guys tuned into my radio show on Saturday and even broadcast now last week, we talked about the different companies that were pulling out of NAB. Uh, Panasonic and Sony were the big ones that we talked about last Thursday. Well, we found out on Saturday, and I reported on it, that Ross and a few other pretty big companies pulled out. Come to know yesterday, NAB pulled the plug for at least this year. As if you go to nabshow.com, they had no other choice. And we, we kind of predicted this last week that it was coming in the next week or two. And sure enough, uh, they, they killed it off, which I think was a smart and sensible move on NAB's part. Um, but the question that I have for you guys before we get any further, they are talking about resuming it April 23rd through 27th of 2022, which I never even agreed with why to do it in October. And then again, six months later, I mean, most companies have their release cycles. They're not really going to do anything. So my question, because the next big conference and Joe, I kind of want to start with you on this one, IVC over in your neck of the woods. Are we going to see that close? Because they moved it from September to December, but I still think that's kind of early. I think I think they're going to have to call it. I I don't think it will happen, and I think December probably makes it more unlikely than uh, September because you know we know that there's going to be the respiratory illness seizures, and as there always is, and it's the situation is not going to look better by December. We know this, so I think ABC full next unfortunately marty yeah i mean <clears throat> excuse me uh i agree with joe i think it's a little early uh especially on a global basis we were talking a little bit before the show about this and there's a it's a complicated thing so as far as them closing it down it just makes financial sense i think once you had these major companies pulling out it made it less attractive for people to actually attend the show and they add those two together and it just becomes financially untenable to really go forward and have a show. You're not going to have anybody there. The other, the other question is, will they have it? They moved it to April. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I think that the way that the virus, you know, I'm not sure how you guys feel, but the way that the virus, I mean, we're getting to the point now where either you're going to be infected or be vaccinated in one way or the other. And at least in the United States, I think we're, I think by the spring, I'm hopeful and optimistic that we'll get to the, at least a herd immunity status where we'll have enough of either one of those things happening. The, other, the question mark really is globally, where a lot of the countries are still way behind. We're fortunate in the US, we, you know, vaccinations and, and we have our numbers up. I, I, don't, I don't know because it's a, it is an international show. So I'm optimistically hopeful that they'll have it. But I agree with you, Stephen. I think it's, you know, like now you got to think about release schedules and does it fit with companies and everything. Yeah. And I, I don't know, you know, so. Mr. Terry, your thoughts. Oh, it'll definitely be happening in April. So we were, we prophesied last week that this show would be canceled. And of course it unfolds in the next seven days, but I'm with Marty on this one. I'm completely confident. You have to understand folks, this was kind of a little precursor to some of our behind the scenes chatting. We're always in, in studio, getting framed up, getting our guests in, starting at 30 minutes prior to show. And let me tell you something, Scaring it was a jet. hard hat area <laughs> prior to the program beginning. There were bombs and missiles flowing everywhere. And 
we did get to the truth. I do see Crytek in there. He says, so we're talking culture services tonight. We are talking control services. And Rainwater Games, the beverage of the night for you, buddy, is the Blackberry water. So, folks, the deal is I agree with Marty. I think our world's going to struggle and stagger for the next four, five, six months. But hopefully we come through the fall and winter. Of course, that's our hemisphere. Yeah. And we get through the spring and summer in the southern hemisphere. And early next year, so we're getting back to normal. IVC in December. Do you think it'll happen? Uh, the man from London, right? Well, he's close to, he's close to, there. close to London. It's, oh, the, uh, the guy I, I'm that, in, I'm in Nottingham in England and IBC takes place in Amsterdam. It in takes place in Amsterdam. I'm in Amsterdam all the time. So pretty close, pretty quick little flight there. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see normality until next March or April. All right, there you have it, folks. So we'll have to keep a watch for that. We'll let you guys know as soon as possible. We also want to give a shout-out really quick before we get into some central control and understanding. If you guys need to step out and during any time during this program and you want to continue listening to it, head over to basicsbroadcasting.com. We're streaming live right on that radio station right now. That's out of Chicago. We are live, as you can see right there on the website. We are live and on the air, and we want to give a shout-out. Thank you to the guys over at Basic Broadcast. Letting us on. There is an iPhone and an Android app that you can download, and apparently uh, an Amazon. I'll have to download that one. But you can come on over here and get the application and listen live right now to us if you have to step out. So we'd encourage you to do that because Joe is going to drop some knowledge on us because a lot of us that are using vMix or Wirecast or OBS or TriCasters or maybe a little bit of everything, right? Joe, you have a solution. That can solve that problem. Certainly, yeah. Um, I guess I should probably start by saying how I how I came to to build this, like how I like how it all came together. Yes, I, as Stephen kind of alluded to, I had some background in broadcasts from like going back to about ten years. Uh, took a step back, and then slowly, a few years later, got back into it, and I had like. I think I bought this NewTek Video Toaster 5 on, um, on eBay in like the summer of 2017. And when I got the unit, it, was, it didn't work. Like it had been damaged in shipping. But it did come with the, the control panel. So the unit wasn't working, but I was just looking at this thing like, okay, maybe, maybe I can write some software that maybe will allow me to you know, use this to control vMix. The Video Toaster's dead. Let's move on. And let's see, maybe we can repurpose this old hardware to do something else. So that summer, I, I wrote some software that could do just that. And as I started to go along, I, I shared it with some people, and they said, well, could you support this control surface or that control surface? And then like, instead of vMix, could we use this to control a TriCaster or OBS? And it became, I, I kind of knew then that at some point, I, I would need to do something better than keep like, bodging this stuff into my program that I'd written in a few nights. But I never had the time. Till uh, March of 2020, when while I was I was working in live events and I was very very busy, then pretty much overnight, I wasn't busy anymore. I had no job overnight, so I found myself spending a lot of time at home and started like sketching on like a notepad, like this idea for this program where I could bring all this stuff together in like a modular way and, and map stuff, different stuff, and basically anything can control anything. And I thought if I could build that. 
I could have maybe a really powerful tool on my hands. So I think I spent maybe seven nights a week just in my flat on my own because wasn't allowed to go out and see anyone, just coding away at this. And then two months later, I released it. And ever since then, I've just been adding features and features and features. Yeah, and this is something that I know myself, I'm using it. We've been implementing it at the school. Greg, your church has now implemented central control. Um, there's a lot of folks that are using this. Uh, Tom Sinclair over Eastern Shore Broadcasting, I believe he's using it. So there's a lot of guys that, you know, that run TriCaster and NVMix, or you want to control your PTZ cameras, whatever, and you have one controller to do it all, right? Yeah. Yeah. Joe yeah. helped us. Joe helped us a lot yesterday. I think was it yesterday? I was traveling. So Joe, you actually called in with Steven and was helping us um getting some stuff straight. So a big appreciation shout out to you. And one of the things I think that's important, you know, when you're sitting here with somebody who's telling you their story and then, you know, life's kicking along normal and then all of a sudden in March, and of course he's talking about when the pan global pandemic was um declared, his life changed overnight. So, Joe, I want to give a big shout out to you, man, because you didn't you didn't just tuck tail and quit on life. But what you actually did was you allowed a closed door to open another door. And all of a sudden, creativity was birthed out of you. And you brought a gift um, out of yourself. That's been a big help for everybody else. So thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's, I mean, that puts it quite nicely. I mean, as, as well as, as wanting this for my, like, I wanted this as well for myself because slowly but surely, like, the phone started to ring saying, can you come and um, do our, like, live streams? And then I started, like, building this, adding stuff to this tool because I needed it for myself. And that, that's kind of how I, it really started to grow. I think it's interesting because people don't realize that, you know, I went from having, if you look at some of the past pictures, even in my studio, like I had like three or four controllers that I was using to do a single production. Now I'm down to my TriCaster interface, a stream deck and my PTZ optics controller. So I eliminated three or four controllers out of, out of my, my whole setup because of central control. And then we even did something fun. I'm sure Joe will get to it a little later where if I want to go back by the TV there, I have a TriCaster control surface back here that I can actually control the whole production from that we kind of had a little bit of fun back there with that. But um, if you guys are watching this and you want to go check it out, you can come over here, joecentralcontrol.io, and you can download a free trial. That's 30 days. What is the cost of this? Uh, what is it? $50 for a lifetime? Is that right? That's, that is right. At present, wink, wink, it is $49 for a, a perpetual license. You check out PayPal and you get your license sent to you immediately. Once and done. No subscriptions, no nothing. Um, one and done. That's all you got. Steven, pop that comment up there for me from um, Kevin Michael Reed off of YouTube. Really wonderful comment there. Um, he says, Central Control is brilliant. So is Joe. CC is an invaluable tool in our control room. Um, I've been learning it. I do not run it, but I think I'm going to be converting. So I've been learning it and researching it. And Steven's been dipping my feet into central control. And I agree with you, Kevin, Michael Reed. It's ridiculous. Well, I know Chris, uh, your, your sound tech over at the, the media director, he was really interested. Well, Joe was telling him about the, 
the implementations eventually for doing the X32, which I thought was really, really cool being, now you're taking it a step further, Joe, you're taking it outside of the video realm, right? And now you're taking it into the audio realm. Marty, maybe you need one of these things. Maybe you need this to control your Behringer. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have yeah, I have a Behringer. I have a Rodecaster Pro. Uh, I, what, what I like about this, you know, I have yet to, I got to get into this and, and check this out a little more deeply. But what I like about it is it's almost like, it's like building blocks. And you can kind of tailor it to whatever your needs are. And that's, I mean, I think Joe with this particular software, because it's so, it's so, um, scattered as far as so many things going on in online video, software tools, hardware, all these different pieces, and they all have different control units. And, and Stephen, you were mentioning this before, you may have like three or four different control units. It gets all mangled and all confused. And you know, Joe, one of the things I appreciate is you bringing this all together. You know, you can control software and hardware through MIDI devices you can kind of customize it to what your workflow is. That's kind of the magic sauce. That's, I haven't seen anything like this until you came out with this, is like bringing all these different things together. And I think that's what people are responding to. Well, let me let me give a quick example. I don't think you realize this. When Greg asked me, and I'm just, because this is a show where we can learn about this, right? Greg asked me to pull up the comment for the gentleman on uh, Kevin Michael Reed on YouTube. The TriCaster has a known bug in it right now that sometimes it loses connection to the control surface. I was still able to switch the shots without clicking on the mouse and keyboard because of central control set up on my stream deck and bring up that comment. If you notice that the lower third that came up said input on it because I didn't want that up there, but I couldn't switch it off because the TriCaster control surface just blinked out and it recovered itself. But it's that split second where now... I have another option to get it without having to grab the mouse and keyboard. So right there in real time, it happened. So you could see where central control basically saved what could have been a catastrophe <laughs> with that, with that setup. Sorry, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm running an ad for you there. No, you don't have to apologize <laughs> for that. Um, I, I mean, maybe I'll, I'd be happy to tell you a little bit about the setup I've got going right yes. here during this show with central control. You want to see that? Let's give yeah. Let's give a demo here. Let's see what we absolutely show us what you got here. Sure. Let me switch over now. This is I think this is the first time this has ever been re uh, seen publicly. And uh, so is and this? This is a new version, exclusive. right? This is exclusive. This is exclusive. Before you go in, we have a comment from Cryotech. Does it support the new Blackmagic ATEM Minis? Uh, yes, and I'm actually controlling one right now. I'll get into there you go if we take a look over here this is the main window and it is exactly as marty kind of said you have these building blocks right when you start a new project this list here on the left is completely blank and you have nothing it gets exciting when you click this add button and we can start adding a whole different bunch of what we call devices and a, a device can be any number of things right it can be a control panel it can be a switcher an audio mixer a, even like a media server, Microsoft PowerPoint, so on and so forth, any, all kinds of stuff. And then we add these to our project, and there's often some parameter you need to fill in. Okay, so what port's this plugged into? What's the IP address of vMix? Blah, blah, blah. And once you've got all of these set up, you can start to map controls to do stuff. So I have, right now, I have in front of me, I've got this old NewTek 
Live Control LC11, which is the panel from that VT5 I mentioned that I've now repurposed originally just to control my vMix, but now it's doing uh, everything ever. And and Joe, so just if, before you go any further, you can get those control surfaces off of eBay for like 150 bucks right now. Well, you used to be able to, and then... Oh, um, yeah, you, you made people uh, sell them out. Yeah. <laughs> right. They kind of became a demand for them again. <laughs> anyway, if, if I click this control mapping button over here, it lists all the different, and it might be hard to read this, but it, it lists all the different controls on, on the surface. So, it, for example, if I look at preview one, I have this map to set my preview in vMix. This is, that's the vMix that I'm actually coming to you through that's letting me do this um, double box effect. Program is to say it sets vMix program. But where this setup gets kind of cool is I have this set up here on the effects row, the top row of this LC11, to switch my ATEM Mini, which is actually what feeds the TV. And I've set it up so with one, one button punch, I can do some kind of cool logic here. So first, it puts a source on the preview row, then it, it does an auto on the switcher, and then it shows me that state on the button. So if I just punch back over to camera one, if I Start switching on this row here. I mean, that, that's a Raspberry Pi screensaver. <laughs> I can switch between sources on um, my TV. And you'll, you'll notice that as soon as I switch to that, my uh, vMix system here actually started rolling a video automatically, which is something we'll get into later. But yeah, that, that's the basic premise, is that I can, I can basically map these controls here to do anything I like. And a control doesn't have to do one thing for one device. I could say, take this fade overlay button, and I could make it do a fade on both my vMixes, a vMix and an ATEM, all kinds of stuff. And I can keep stacking up these commands and just basically really, as you guys have said, take control of my entire production off one control surface. And that's, that's essentially what you have had worked with me on uh, with my with my setup, I I actually have uh, something. Let me pull this down so you can see. Um, I have central control running. Believe it or not, on this little i3 laptop. Now it's not, you know, with all the features, it's not the most robust computer to run it on. But it's essentially running on this with the Stream Deck connected to it. But I'm actually controlling the TriCaster control surface with it, the Stream Deck XL and vMix all from on this inside of it, and and bringing in vmix uh, comments that you guys are seeing that's actually from vmix uh, social over there and i'm bringing it in over the network into the tricaster so it's helped my yes, production I mean, so i take that example Stephen. for instance i believe that the way we programmed it on your system is that you press one button um vmix use up a dsk or something and then the comment is shown and then it wait, does a little pause, and then it tells the TriCaster to bring up the, the relevant gear for that graphic. Yep. So with one button punch, you have all these systems being like doing as they need to do, rather than even frantically looking around saying, you've got to click this, and then you've got to time that right. No, you press one button, and it happens. And that's something, Marty, you brought up about, you always say, like, I make it look easy, but there's other things that are in the mix of the ingredients, right, to make it look easy. You have to you have to embrace tools like this because you can take a five-man production 
with a tool like this and turn it into a single man production, but have the effects of a five man production. Yeah, I mean, Joe, certainly uh, I was probably one of the inspirations. I think Joe knows this. I mean, you know, in a regular television studio, uh, you know, putting on shows like this, it's a team sport. And normally what you, in a traditional setup, what every what you would have is a team of people working on the production. Everybody would have a singular job uh, because we're not very good at multitasking. So, and you work as a team. It's almost like a football team would would act as a team to achieve one goal. The brilliant thing about what Joe's doing with his software is all, now with all the tools available and the way that streaming is going, a lot of people, like you, Stephen, you bring up a good example. A lot of people, they have no choice. They have to be a one-man band. They have, they're, they're, broadcast, they're a broadcaster on camera, but they don't have a team of people. They have to do it all themselves. And you could imagine, especially if you want to do something, um, any kind of, with any kind of sophistication, mm-hmm. It's too, it's too much. I mean, what, you're, you're a rare case. You've been doing this for a very long time. You've got the muscle memory. You've practiced a long time. It, it, even for the best of us, it's very, very difficult to keep everything on track and be able to actually present on camera. Central Control, what that does is what you were mentioning, Stephen, you can build these shows out and build a lot of automation without much difficulty. It, you know, it just reminds me of, for those of you that use iOS devices, and are familiar with shortcuts, this app in iOS, where you can actually build automations on the iPhone. And I think it's coming to the desktop. It reminds me very much of that, where it brings programming, it basically it's programming, and brings it down to a level where you don't necessarily have to be a developer. Joe's done a lot of the work, provides the building blocks, and then you can build these automations. And then if you have a show, you can build out these show and, and kind of step-by-step and, so if you have it open and you change shots, you can build it in advance and press the one button. Like Stephen, what you're doing with the stream deck, getting the comments in there on screen and be able to do everything else, a lot of stuff happening all at once. It reminds me also of what Black Magic does with macros, you know, where you can build, but it's a lot simpler, a lot more, it's much more graphic, it's a lot easier to get around. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the exciting thing. I don't know of anything else that does this, what, what Joe has here. And I would think it would be a tremendous benefit to those of you that are trying to do shows that are, you're, you're the only one doing everything. Uh, and I think it's worth learning how, you know, like Joe's provided this, this toolbox and I think it's definitely worth getting in there and learning how to use it because of the tre- tremendous benefit it has, especially for solo, solo producers. Absolutely. Well, Marty, we were- you are spot on 100%. You know, I'm a self-producer, Stream Deck, VMAX, all this jazz, and um, it gets so difficult without a nice tool like Central Control, because I have been looking at it. Steven's been teaching me about it, uh, but I will. Can we hurry up and get this stream over so I can download <laughs> it? Um, but, you know, the self-producing, I went from 10 fingers to seven, and, um, that you know, I lost three fingers just be getting jammed between keys trying to get this stuff done. <laughs> So anything that can make it easier. And the other thing is, Joe, did I see a keyboard off your camera? A, key- a keyboard? Player? Oh, there is. I, I think you did see a MIDI keyboard just over there. Hey, are you a musician? Oh, somewhat. That is actually, that was used uh, for lighting control in a nightclub, believe it or not. So, no, but I do play. That's why 
I've, let's I go, man. The pandemic. That's <laughs> what I. Let's I play go. Bass as well. Nice. All right. Central Control's over. We're going to talk about music for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> you guys can talk about music real quick. We're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors that help make this happen. I know Rainwater asked about what a TriCaster is. We'll talk about that real quick when we get back. This episode is sponsored in part by PTZ Optics. Why hire a camera operator when the control is in your hands? Visit ptzoptics.com for more information. And by NewTek. Makers of the TriCaster TC1. Stun your viewers, not your accountant. Visit NewTech.com for more information. So it was asked right before break here um, what a, a TriCaster is. We talk about this a lot. Well, a TriCaster is essentially a video production computer, and here's a good example of it, Rainwater. And, and this is why Central Control fits in, because depending on what type of control panel you have for the TriCaster, this is what I use. I use a TC1, and I have one of the small controllers, not because I didn't want one of the big ones. It would be hard for somebody like me who's self-producing to use one of the two-stripe or three-stripe uh, or four-stripe, whatever whatever the upper one is. This is a two-stripe um, control surface. It's very difficult to host a show and use something that's twice the size of what I'm using now. Um, but this is essentially a TriCaster. It's a Windows-based computer with proprietary software on it for video, for video production, essentially. So it's it's what the pros are using in like the NBA with Fox, um, all these big video productions, and that's what we use here in the studio. And um, I actually have th this is the control surface that I use. Let me pull that lower third back. Um, this is the small control surface, and you saw that two stripe. There's no way it, it would be too difficult to run uh, a two stripe by myself. It's uh, that's more or less if you're not on camera and you're doing some production. So. Joe, let's talk a little bit about your exclusive that you're giving us here, which I'm I'm very happy about. Uh, you have a new version of Central Control coming, I'm assuming, soon? Um, I'm hoping by mid-October. Mid there are big changes afoot, so it means that like stuff keeps getting delayed. But I think by mid-October we'll be ready. And I'd love to show you some of the more, shall we say, ready features. Sure. So let's take a look. We'll go back over to that. I better minimize the return video. <laughs> we mentioned the chaos. while he's doing no, that. It, we mentioned the happened, Pizza Joe's. Brad wants it come back. <laughs> the Pizza Joe's commercial. So, <laughs> here we are back in in the main window, and one of the things I, I've always prided myself about with central control is how quickly you can map an entire control surface. So I'm just gonna. I've just added an, another LC11. I won't enable it, but just so we have like some fresh buttons that aren't already mapped stuff, just so we can start over, right? Um, they so from from the beginning there was this quick assign function, and what you would do is you'd select a command. Uh, so like where is it? 
we'll do we'll do set mix preview. Seems to be where I always start. So you click this quick assign and you keep keep hitting this plus button over and over again, and then the commands will be assigned. And you probably might struggle to read, but like the like a parameter, like the number of the input that you were switching to would be incremented every time. So you just hammer this button several times, and then within a few seconds you'd have like an entire row of buttons mapped. And the other important thing about this, and Greg, I think as a vMix user, you'll appreciate this, is that we don't do activators. Like if you map a command, if it has like a feedback information that can come from vMix, so like the button lights up when that source is on preview. If you, once you've mapped the command, that happens. You don't have to then say, right, now we've got to, we've mapped 10 okay. buttons, now we've got to do 10 activators. You don't do that okay. here. It's like, it, it, it's done. That's the big deal because I do use vMix and I do use activators. And I love vMix. I love my Stream Deck. But sometimes that's a pain in the Watusi to get it dialed in. So that would be awesome, man. Yeah, I, I mean, Just, I found where that always tricked me is that I would, um, I'd, I'd program my Stream Deck with vMix and Activate, and everything would be fine. But I'd move a button, I'd move a shortcut, and then forget about the right. relevant activator. And then I'd be like, why is this telling me this? This is not true. So that, that exactly. for me, was a, a big part of this tool. Beauty. But so that was anyway. That was that was quite a fast way to map all of those controls. But for version two, I, I thought we could do better than that. So let's do the program row, and I'm going to knock this input number parameter down. This says, okay, what input number is the button going to control? We'll knock it back down to one. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to press the shift key here, and I'm going to multi-select program buttons one through eleven. I'm going to right-click these, and I'm going to click Sign Commands. And just like that, all of these 11 buttons on the program row are now assigned, ready to go. They have feedback. And we did that in, like, what, five seconds. Holy moly. I tried to tell you. <laughs> it it's, makes your life that much easier. And then, like he said, by adding, what I like is that you can add multiple uh, we'll call them devices, right, to a single button. So if you wanted to simultaneously start recording on the TriCaster, or let's say you're using vMix as your main streaming, and then you had, like, another program that you were going to record, you could hit the record button once, but it starts to record simultaneously in those two other programs for backups. We all should be using backup recordings, right? I mean, not just, not just one. You know what logically this brings into play? logically just you know listening to what joe just said watching what he was doing i understand because i'm a vmix user the beauty of it but then steven you just said about um being able to as multi-assign so that you are protecting yourself mm -hmm. how many content creators streamers production guys you think everything's going great and all of a sudden you remember crap I didn't hit that button, right? This takes that out of it. It's a, it's a protection. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Certainly. So with this, what are some of the new features? If, if anybody's been using, uh, what can you talk about right now that you've implemented in uh, version two that some of totally. us that are using version one are going to be really excited about uh, because I know there's probably people in here right now that are that are central control users 
and they want to know, Joe, what have you been working on? Totally. So a big question that I, I started to get um, like a few months after releasing it, and these questions kind of frustrated myself because I knew that this needed to be there because I wanted it for myself. So a lot of people using, say, a Blackmagic ATEM in conjunction with like a vMix system. So like, for example, you have the ATEM that's maybe doing like a low latency mix or like the screens at your, the project screens at your church. And then vMix needs to have the exact same video mix, uh, but that's going out to the stream. So they need to be synchronized. And of course, you could do that by using one control surface and central control and just like mapping, you know, every button sends a command to this and a command to that. That would work. The other workflow people would ask about is, you know, I want it so that when I punch up an input on my um, ATEM, let's say that input is connected to some kind of video player. Well, I want that video player to just auto roll. Like TriCaster users will know all about this because yeah. you guys have that feature. And even if you've got vMix, if it's all on one system, it does that. But no, we've got an ATEM that's our video switcher, and then we've got some other playout device. When I punch that on air, I want it to, uh, to roll the video. And then say, once vMix finishes playing the video, I then want that to tell the ATEM to then hit a transition back to whatever camera. More like this is the kind of stuff that makes it more into an automation tool. And oh no, <laughs> that's how it starts. Um, so let me kind of show you how that works in practice. So there's always been this control mapping button, which I believe used to be called device mapping in the shipping versions. But now, um, so you know, controllers would have controls, but it would always be grayed out as it is here, disabled for switches, vMix, stuff like that, because it didn't have any controls. So what I've added to those is what we call triggers. And this might be a familiar concept, or vMix and TriCaster users, because there's kind of a notion of that. But those triggers kind of work inside the box. So if I open this trigger mapping window, it pre presents me with like a few different events that I can use to trigger something else in the system. So for example, I can say, OK, when a source is on air, and then we can add a condition. And this is exactly what Marty was talking about. It's kind of like programming. So if I add yes, a condition, yeah, exactly. So if we open this edit condition window, I can say if the input name equals camera four, let's type that now. Then you see I have this condition added, and then the condition can have commands mapped to it. So I could say, OK, when that happens, I want the lights in my studio to turn off, which would be infinitely stupid but you could do it but more, more realistically <laughs> what you'd probably do is you'd say okay when that source goes on air we're gonna say we'll play an input in vmix and if i press this button i can find that command i'd say okay we'll play this this cc input which is just a video file and then we take that a step further by going into the uh, vMix device, which also has a trigger, and it has a trigger called video finished. And then I've already done it here. And then that would say, tell the ATEM to switch back to whatever's on preview and then restart the input so it's, it's ready to go again. I think, I think there's probably quite a lot to take in there. But if you've ever worked with these kind of setups, 
you no doubt can tell yeah. where I'm going with this and like the promise that this will fulfill. I think the biggest question I have for you, even for the new one, and I think a lot of other users might have this, because I've asked you this uh, off air, where I've said, okay, Joe, what is, what's the command for, you know, taking something live? Or what's the command for doing the preview row or program row? I think it would be great uh, to add as an addition, maybe an explanation PDF of something where it has the command and says, this is used to take your source live, or this is used to do a transition live for people that maybe like me who who are used to certain wording on the TriCaster or it, you know if you use OBS or Wirecast I don't know if the if the um, the comment folks here if the people in the chat we'll call it a chat um, think the same thing but I, I think that would enhance I know that's extra work on your part but um, I don't know I think it would be great guys what do you think Marty what do you what do you think about that yeah I mean I've yet to uh, test this out uh, but I would say, you know, what, what's fascinating to me is, and, and I used to have a Blackmagic um, ATEM Mini Pro ISO. I sold it. I, I'm actually looking at maybe getting the extreme, but I like the idea. There's, I think there's a lot of use cases out there. What's, what's in for me is, is mixing the hardware. I like having the hardware. I like Blackmagic stuff, but I also like vMix and some of the software and mixing. We've talked about this on other shows, this toolbox. And I, I don't know of any other, you know, and there's controllers out there, software controllers for Blackmagic products. I don't know of anything that really brings it all together. And that's what's fascinating me is this is very powerful stuff. And one of the things, if you're watching this, uh, hopefully people don't get overwhelmed. And it's worth getting, I think the thing I really want to point out is worth getting into the weeds and really learning this and learning the interface and learning how it actually works. And you are kind of learning programming at a simplified manner, but the, and it, and it will take some work to put some of these things together. But the way I see it is, man, what an opportunity to be able to put together these workflows. And it's just going to make, if you're doing live streaming, it's just going to make your life a lot easier. And it's going to, the results are going to be much more professional because you're going to be able to do that much more. So you're going to be able to do things you can't possibly do by yourself, like combining these different triggers mm -hmm. and workflows and one trigger is another. And I like the conditional stuff where if it meets this condition, it's, and think about it, if you have no experience in programming and I'm no, I'm no developer, I'm no, but I like the ideas. Okay. You can start thinking logically here and this could be your introduction into simple programming. And I'm telling you, it's worth the investment. Anything great, you have to put the time to learn. And I just love the idea of how versatile this is. And you're really getting to, and you really, it's really the sky's the limit. And not only can you combine the different, you know, out, like a Blackmagic switcher, a vMix switcher, but the control surfaces, I mean, if you have a, whatever you have lying around, I have a stream deck somewhere around here and I have a MIDI device and whatever you have lying around, you can kind of combine. And that to me is just like, man, my, the wheels are turning. It's like, wow, all the stuff you can combine, you know, into, into these various workflows. It's really, it's almost reminds me very much if you're a graphics person learning Photoshop for the first time, there's a lot of tools in there. It's going to be very overwhelming, but think of what you can do with it. And when you can combine different things, I mean, that's the magic right here. And I've never seen anything like this. And, the the idea that you can combine the different sw from switchers and they're not 
normally don't work together, but this is kind of the magic link that links everything together. That's what's really exciting for me. And Greg? Well, Marty, let me, let me jump off on you there. You want to answer that question first, Stephen? Well, that's, that's what I was going to do, but then I was going to show yeah, too with you. We because, can each other's mind. Yeah. So, Joe, do you want to answer that real quick? Can we create our own triggers, or are they all hard-coded? Um, yeah, so they, they are, they are hard-coded because like, we have to know what event we're supposed to be looking for from that device, right? So like, it'd be really hard, and I don't mean it'd be user-friendly if there was some way to like, shoehorn in new triggers. But um, while they are hard-coded, as, as you saw, you get to define the conditions yourself with like simple if else logic and it's you know it does it gets quite interesting some of the conditions like with the uh vmix one for example i don't have to say we'll use the input name we could use the input number um one one really cool integration i, I actually did with triggers i put in this streaming changed one on uh, because one of the devices we have in central control is the tp link parser uh, smart plugs. They're just like a plug that you can switch on and off with your phone. So what I did with this streaming change trigger is if streaming equals true, oh, it was it was always going to happen with the beta, but the um, the condition I'd set up was if streaming equals true, it would tell the CASA smart plug to turn on, which was plugged into an on-air light I had set up outside the studio <laughs> door here. Nice. And when I set up another trigger that when streaming equals false, it would turn the light off. That's that's awesome. Holy moly. Great. You know what I was thinking about, um, Stephen and Joe and Marty? I want to jump off on what Marty said there. He was saying, okay, maybe you're watching broadcast now tonight, or you'll be watching later on a, on a rebroadcast, and you're going, okay, this looks really cool, but it's really over my head. Um, that's okay. You've got to begin digging in, and Marty gave some good advice there. You know, you find the avenue and the pathway you want to go. And that's one of the things I appreciate about Stephen and Marty and broadcast now. And now, you know, Joe to Max, you know, you, we've went from Joe to Joe to Max to uh, John Mahoney. We're, we're bringing quality um, avenues for all of us to become better broadcasters and better producers. This is phenomenal. And we're just getting going. But now let me tell you a little bit of my story. Joe's probably going to laugh at this, but that's okay. So, when Steven was helping me build my studio last year, the pandemic hit, I converted, went to a lot of online, and I did see a question there from somebody, uh, Kamla, I think, Am I a, did I go to school for public speaking? Yes, I did. Uh, this is what I do for a living. I'm a speaker and a musician. So, um, yeah, improv, <laughs> yeah. So um, my point being for this, Steven set me up. Let's get going. Let's get going. He helped me design the studio. Steven goes, okay, I believe in what you're doing. He helped me build the studio. Next thing you know, he goes, I got an idea for this. I got an idea for this. Switch me to vMix. When I first started working with vMix, um, I had to do the deep dive like Marty's talking about. I had to learn the software because I can't Steven lives 30 minutes from me. He had I can't 80, say Steven. He had 80 inputs. <laughs> Steven, get, get over to my house and fix this. I'm going live in an hour. I couldn't do that. I had to become a master of vMix. I'm not a master, but I'm pretty daggone good at vMix. Now, here's where I want to encourage everybody tonight. So about six months ago, 
Steven buzzes me. He says, hey, Greg, you need to get central control because you're <laughs> to the point now where you can integrate central control. It's going to make your life easier. I know Joe DeMax. The guy's brilliant. The software's brilliant, and it's going to make you a better broadcaster. Honestly, Joe, here's the deal. I went to your website, started looking around, watched a couple videos, went over to Stevens, and this was about six months ago, and I'm seeing Central Control. He goes, and I looked at it, and I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I do not even understand English anymore. Now, fast forward six months, Joe, six months. Everything that you were doing, not on the code side and, and the software integration, I've got to you know learn the infrastructure of how it moves. But as far as every bit of terminology, I'm like going, okay, bring it on, baby. This is easy because I learned vMix. I learned Stream Deck. Now you bring in that baby of uh, central control on top of it, and you're golden. So, guys, if you're watching the program tonight and you're going, okay, this is phenomenal, but, like, that dude's really smart. It's kind of over my head. That's okay. You've got to dig in, and you grow from level to level to level. Honestly, six months ago, I looked at central control, and I go, eh, maybe one day. Today, I'm watching what Joe's doing. No problem, because I understand the backside. So that kind of parallels there, Marty, with what you're seeing. We've got to learn the tools of our trade. And also, I'll add this, Greg. Uh, don't haven't didn't you find when you dug in? I mean, it's, it can be intimidating if you if you have no experience with this stuff. But there'll be a point in time where it starts to click, and it not, starts to make sense. And it's like uh, the aha moment. It's like yes, oh, not only does it I click, it. the light bulb goes off, and not only does it click, but you get to the point. You know, I'm not a coder, but maybe you, you begin to learn it or a dev. And if you get to that level, you know, go to a blockchain somewhere and start coding for Bitcoin. All right, whatever. But that's, I'll never be there. But on the language of vMix, on the language of broadcasting and the technology and the terminology, I got it. It just took time. And yep. now, because I'm a self-producer, when I'm rolling that program, I'm syndicated, the clock hits, I've got to be live. I'm not sweating over the production. Right. Zero. All I got to worry about is the content because my body knows how to run vMix in the stream deck. Well, and, and I went to Joe and I said to him, I was making all these macros and Joe goes, what are you doing that for? And I'm like, <laughs> well, because... He's like, just do it with central control. It took some persuading. It did. It did because, I, well, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have a workflow. And Joe's like, we can get rid of all that. He's like, one button. So what we did was, this is my stream deck that sits on top of the TriCaster. Joe set it up so all my, like, I have all my inputs here. You can see it's red because that's what's hot right now. That's live in TriCaster. But any of the second row acts as the second row of the TriCaster, the preview row. So I can go through these two rows. The cool part is he also set it up um, to where I could switch the background on my TVs to whatever I want within those four. Those are four backgrounds that I choose from. So I could just press any of those buttons that's on the vMix machine, not the TriCaster, and I can change my, my TV. I can also pull up my show that I do Friday night, RetroBuzz, uh, lower third that has the comments, and then there's the Broadcast Now one, which we're using today. I can stream and record from vMix turn the audio off on the TriCaster, do live rerun swap. He has it set up to where if I want to go back to reruns, I just hit reruns. I mean, this is essentially set up so that I, I can 
I, I can hit anything here. I'm just going to pull the lower third up as I switch back here. But you can see, to make my life easier, Joe's like, well, why do you want that second controller over there? When you could have everything right on your stream deck in front, we can do folders, right? Uh, I think that's what you call them, folders? We call them layers. Layers, okay. So you could set it up if you needed more buttons, right? You essentially create layers inside of the stream deck. Steven, your stream yep. deck is so logically laid out and beautiful. <laughs> that had to be Joe. Yours says input one, two, three, four in this background. You know what mine says? My, I have mine labeled for me. Hit this button first, dummy. This is the second <laughs> video. Okay? But I get it right. <laughs> no, actually, he had me push the buttons and, and, and when he was showing me how to do it because it just makes, it makes sense because... A lot of times you'll see me, you'll, here, I'll go back to that camera so you can see. Yeah, but the activators are rolling, dude. You, That's you could, the beauty of it. You can see my arm goes under my holy boom arm. Holy. And so mm -hmm. my hand naturally rests on here. So if I want to switch inputs, I'm up here. When we're getting ready to pull a lower third or a bug, my thumb's always like this. So call it the iPhone thumb, right? You know, how you would use your phone. <laughs> you're sitting there doing. That's how I essentially control this. You'll never see me do this. It's always like I'm always kind of doing this i'm i'm, exactly. I'm riding around on my, my thumb. Uh, yeah it's weird i i'm weird i get it but it's muscle memory now it's to the point where i can mm -hmm. glance at it his he has built-in icons inside of it so some of those icons that you saw there are ones that he has pre-packaged in the software if you want certain graphics um i what i like joe is the ability to have them light up or not light up or you know because that when you're used to a, a traditional switcher, that button only lights up. It's not every button lighting up, and then you don't know, have one clue of what's going on. So, and listen, the power of that from an activator user with yes. Emix and the Stream Deck, dude. That's like the next level of activation. So he's taking something good that Vmix is doing and put it on steroids. That's what it is. It's phenomenal. I'm watching. So are you adding yeah, more I, more controllers to it, Joe, for support? Oh, every day. <laughs> There's like a box of MIDI controllers shows up here every other day. <laughs> I mean, maybe not to that extent, but yeah, there's, there are some new controllers on the version 2 list. And if anyone like is, there is actually, I should show on the website, there's a list. I think it is mostly up to date, but there is this list of um, supported devices. Yep, I got it wow. right here. I'll pull it up here. Oh, all right. Oh, I've got it. Look Sorry. at this guy. No, you're good. You're good. That <laughs> makes my job easier. But there's a list of supported devices. It might be slightly out of date. There's probably some more that I've added that I need to add here. But um, if if there's something that's not there and you say, I absolutely have to use this controller, uh, send me an email or send a post a message in the Facebook group. And we'll look at it. Like uh, when, when this ship, we had maybe two of the new tech USB channel uh, panels, and now like all the ones past and present, slowly but surely ended up there. So this is supported. His Xbox controller. Uh, um, uh, yes, yes, it is. Oh, oh man! Oh, now you hey, did it. Let me ask you one question, Joe, because I'm a musician. So um, maybe there's some musicians out here. In a couple, two, three sentences, what are you envisioning the interface with the behringer to be what what's your goal what do you what do you want to accomplish the x the x, x touch x32 x32 
the X32? Um, yes. That's, that's a great question. And I think uh, really quickly, I think it's not going to be like an all-encompassing, like you can do everything on the board with central control. But I think where it, this, this really all starts to come together is where you say, okay, we've got triggers. So now when a source in vMix is on program, we're going to pull up this fader up. We're going to fade up this fader over X amount of seconds on the X32. And then when we take it to back to preview, when we take it off air, we'll close that channel again. So even okay. though you won't be able to control everything on the desk, it's that tying it all together that is the value. Well, that just means that when you roll the video clip between your two songs, the audio will always be there. You're not waiting on that human to, oh, crap, I was sipping my coffee. Exactly. Dude, you... Yeah. God bless you, man. So now God it's now it's time before we wrap this up for story time with Steve. And we're going to talk about how Joe used to code Apple Script to make the X key, or what was it? Uh, the Korg Nano uh, Controller. Korg Nano Control. The Korg Nano Controller work with the Wirecast at the time because we didn't have, <laughs> we had no way of controlling Wirecast. So Joe decided. Well, I'm going to go play with some Apple script. And so he became the hero of the community by there were some other guys that were doing it. <laughs> Listen to this guy here. Oh, boy. Um, and so for the longest time when I ran Wirecast, I used the Korg Nano Controller, which almost looks like the ATEM. What is it? The the ATEM um, X Touch Mini kind of looked like that a little bit. Oh, the Behringer, it looks like the Behringer X-Touch Mini. Yeah, yeah. It, does, it does resemble that, yeah. And so he had it set where you pull the fader up and down. That would move your lower third up and down, and you could set up. I mean, we were pretty archaic, but then he set it up where you turn the knob and you could float through all your inputs if they're on a certain level. So to see this come into fruition after, what, 12, maybe 13 years ago that you created those Apple scripts for Wirecast to now supporting just about every professional software and hardware switcher out there on the market. That it's it's pretty incredible, man. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I was I was talking about that program I wrote back in 2017, but you make a good point. Like those Apple scripts clearly are like the genesis of this tool that's just become eventually central control. I, I just imagine if you could take this thing back 10 years to an episode of broadcast now. <laughs> I think people's heads would probably explode. <laughs> Well, they would all been clamoring for it because I, I think it was, uh, what was it? Um, when TTFN were doing their show, they used a lot of uh, the I, iOS devices. They made the uh, Touch OSC devices, right? And then Mark started em embarking and making an iPad app. And it's like, no, we need tactile feedback. We, we oh, yeah. We don't want to touch for produce production. I remember that the thing was, oh, you know, you need to write their TTFN MIDI software for the yes. ATEM, and it never happened. But this, I guess this kind of is that, because if you want to map a, like a $20 MIDI controller, uh, like with a few rows of buttons and use that to switch your ATEM MIDI with a proper preview program row, I guess this is that tool now. Let me ask you real quick, then we got to wrap. Um, some of these guys that are using StreamYard, these guys that are using uh, some other cloud-based solutions that are out there. Is it possible or down the road? Because I, I guess it all depends on an API. Is it possible that you can write something that would work with that for those guys using StreamYard that maybe they want to buy a Stream Deck to use your software with, with StreamYard or something? I think it is of great interest. Um, it's not something I'm looking to do in the immediate future. But what I would say is, and I think 
this kind of segues back from your last episode really well is that we have because it's all over network the, the vmix communication we do have a lot of users that are using this tool to control instances of vmix running in aws you know in the cloud uh, but like that is a rabbit hole we certainly don't have time for right now that just means we have to have you back on there you go <laughs> our, uh, production part two well, I think it's interesting because, Greg, you'd find this interesting because Joe is actually running vMix in the cloud on some instances where it's not oh. even on his physical computer. So. You have good results with it? Outstanding. Um, we have uh, used as many as eight different instances of vMix in the cloud, and it's with central control. Like, it, you know, like, so I can, I've got maybe four machines recording different ISOs. I press one button in central control. And all these instances running off in the cloud start recording at the same time. It's, there's, I could talk about cloud production for hours. <laughs> well, hey, Joe, Joe, let me ask you a question. I know we got to roll here in a minute. You don't mind me asking you, how old are you? Uh, 26. 26. 26 and you're a cloud truster. Uh, 49 and I'm hanging on to that monster desktop that I built <laughs> just so I know my VBix is in there and I caress it at night. I don't know how old Marty is, but he's older than I am, and I'm yep. sure he would <laughs> caress his vMix too. <laughs> you guys I think I, I'm I'm looking forward to more cloud shows. I, I think that's the next frontier. I think Joe. I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I do use some cloud, um, but I I've not used cloud uh, or vMix in the cloud yet. So, well, I have a story about that, but I'll save it for next time. We'll definitely have to have them back on. But ladies and gentlemen, you can, you can check it out. Go to centralcontrol.io. You can also hit him up on Facebook. In fact, let me pull this up real quick. The Facebook page, the official page of Central Control. Let me pull this down so you don't need to see that. And uh, you can come over here and give it a like. Joe also has a Central Control user group for guys that are you know finding real interesting um, topics and, and whatnot. Just search Central Control User Group, but he posts a lot on here as to you know what people are doing, what he's doing, how people are using the software, and for fifty bucks, man, come on, you guys can uh, pick exactly. it up. It's a deal. Check yep. him out, Joe. We really appreciate you jumping on here. What time is it in England or wherever uh, you're located? It's actually tomorrow. It's with two minutes into Friday, which is uh, you know. One day closest to the weekend. So, <laughs> so thank you, Joe, for staying up after after midnight your time uh, to join broadcast now. And we didn't have any broadcast, broadcast, okay. broadcast. <laughs> that was great. All right. It this, all worked this time. It worked this time, yes. Mr. Greg Terry, youtube.com slash Greg Terry Experience. Check it thank out. Thank you, Steven. Thank you, Marty. And thank you, Joe. Look forward to get to know you better, man. Check out Greg's shows every Tuesday and Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 13 feet above South Towering Mercer Street. Above in the Towering Palacio above Studios. the Palacio Studios. you got to check it out. every. Uh, you'll be on tomorrow night at 8.30. So Locking and rolling. Check it. He'll be on good bandwidth this time. Absolutely. <laughs> so there we go. And also, Thanks. if you're looking for podcasting, video editing, video production check them out marty mcfadden at podjam.tv great place Th thank you steven greg and joe great show today it was 
appreciate all you guys tuning in and uh, we'll be live tomorrow for the retro buzz but what we're doing is we're starting a little later we're changing our time we're going to go live at 8 p.m eastern time because we've had a lot of west coasters go we want to watch your show but it's three o'clock in the afternoon when you go live and uh yeah that's not going to happen our boss is not going to let us watch the retro buzz so we are going to go live tomorrow at 8 p.m eastern time and uh do the show glenn glenn is supposed to be back so we'll see glenn doug myself we will see you guys tomorrow, and we'll be back next week for more of the Retro Buzz. And I will be live Saturday for the radio show from 12 to 2 Eastern Time. Till next time, keep it buzzing.